0: The Verging on Greatness, a podcast about films that verge on greatness but mostly just wallow in mediocrity with your hosts Mike Porkfield and Craig Cerventi.
1: Ja, yes. <laughs> das ist gut. Das, das gut. ist gut. Das ist ein Film. Eine Film, ja. Yeah. Und um, mit Har- Harrison mit, Ford
0: mit Harrison Ford yeah ja. And the reggie aus' come aus Australian um, Peter via hallo alle this is now the deutsche <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know what podcast is in German' but <laughs> das deutsche podcast Pod- podcast uh, <laughs> podcast von uh, Craig and Mike I, I don't know why we're doing this in German now this is this is us now we do we do podcasts in German it's Craig is going to be doing a lot of talking. <laughs> <laughs> Craig could at one point speak some pretty decent German. So, yep. but now Craig can barely order beer in German. You, so you,
1: did, so yeah. did, you must have picked up some of the, some of the Deutsche from, from the yeah. das, das, das yeah, Amish yeah, yeah, yeah. from the das Amish.
0: Yeah. The, there was some German in there. It was, um, some of it was good. Um, some of it was uh, some of it was definitely learned on set, but yeah. Why are they? Why are they? Why do they speak German? The Amish. Because they're uh, they, well, they're they're Pennsylvania Dutch, or they are uh, there are. Is it the Mennonites or the um, there is one of those religious one of those religious groups that left Germany, so um, and and settled in America and and Dutch. Um, although that the the, um, the the Dutch won't won't cop to it very much. Dutch and German are, are very very related they sound uh-huh. they are they share a lot
1: in common right so so the, Mi- yeah. the mennonites the, i wondered if they have like a like a rivalry She seen at one point in the movie she sends <laughs> them over to the mennonites to go and use a phone like a punk
0: <laughs> yeah yeah like a schmuck go <laughs> over and
1: talk to the mennonites oh hi everyone this is a podcast those called... lame <laughs> <late> ass mennonites <laughs> if you want to go and get out of
0: like a dick. <laughs> like a dick. <laughs> you can go be with the Mennonites. So obviously everyone, this is a podcast about movies called Virging on Greatness. I'm Craig and this is my co-host, Mike. Mike. Hi. Say hello, Mike. Hi, Craig. <laughs> we good. haven't done one of these in a while, so the format's slightly messed up.
1: Guten Tag. Uh, <laughs> guten Tag. I'll, the, uh, I'll, I'll the German, German thing. I, I... Yeah, <laughs> I like the German thing. The German more. thing is good. Find more German find than more I know. Thing. Nobody goes, oh no, they do, someone does go to a Bahnhof. They do go is to it, a barn Is a Bahnhof you know. scene? Yeah, is there a bibliotheque <laughs> <laughs> There is no bibliotech. <laughs> I don't think there is a just the cop no, no, nobody goes to a bibliotheque at any point. Um yeah, yeah. so uh, witness Uh, witness Witness 1985 movie we're talking about so this is a podcast where we talk about movies that are um nearly great they are almost there but not quite and we try and try and understand what might be holding them back what would you change where did the movie go wrong what little thing could you change that would make it make it hold together um and this movie is actually a request um or or sometimes we just
0: we end up just talking about movies we we really like um and I use this as an excuse to make Mike watch movies he hasn't seen he just hasn't worked out my trick yet so um
1: <laughs> this this <laughs> is so this, so this is not Craig making me watch this this is um this is a listener request but but this is an an excellent movie and I'm going to say right off the bat um I don't, a, I don't have a, I don't have a lot that I would change about it. We'll get into, we'll get into some some finer points in a little bit. It's pretty bit, solid, but it's yeah, it's very solid. It's a very, it's a solid Very film. strong, well put together movie. Um, everybody involved is 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 finely skilled in their craft. Yes. Um, so it's directed by Australian Peter Weir. Uh, Craig, do you yep. want to run us through so, run so us Peter. through his his oeuvre?
0: Uh, so Peter Weir is um, for Australian and New Zealand listeners. Peter Weir is uh, most famous uh, down our way for directing the the uh, Mel Gibson classic back when you could like Mel, Mel Gibson without without having to hide your like for him. Um, Gallipoli, which is a, a film about um, probably one of the first films to show the the true horrors of war in a way that c- um, cinema goers had never seen before. But that stars Mel Gibson and it's about the First World War. And about the Australian experience in the trenches of Gallipoli, uh, a, a, a a battle a battle zone <laughs> that is um, permanently entrenched in the in the psyche of Australia and New Zealand, and marks the first real departure from the Commonwealth as a as a military force for Australia and New Zealand, where uh, depending on depending on how you want to look at the situation, um, the, the the English did not treat us as equals on the battlefield, and instead tra- treated us like cannon fodder down the english uh, up the commonwealth but um uh, but yeah he goes on to direct a, another film called the year of living dangerously and then he does uh, this film um and then he also has um another film in his canon which is uh, pretty famous which is dead Poets society and the truman show mm. amongst others but yeah this is um, witness was uh solid pedigree was a solid pedigree. Um, he's a solid director. Um, he's, he's a contemporary of, uh, the, another famous Australian director, George Miller, uh, who's famous for the Mad Max films and babe mm. pick in the city. So, uh, yeah, go George, <laughs> go George, uh, Miller, go Peter Weir. Um, yeah, so, uh, good films um, all the way around. Um, and Witness was a was a very solid, solid entry for Peter Weir and um, Harrison Ford. Probably probably the film more than anything else that cemented Harrison Ford's career um, post-Star Wars, post-Indiana hmm. Jones. Because hmm. um, I think it would be pretty easy to dismiss uh, Harrison Ford as nothing but an action star uh, after Indiana Jones and, and Star Wars. Um, but this is definitely the film that Made him an actor as well, proving that he had some chops. Is this before or after Blade Runner? This is after. After Blade
1: Runner, right.
0: don't, Don't forget, Blade Runner was not a commercial or box office success when it comes out. And it's a cult hit. And it's probably not until years later that people have really started to talk about Blade Runner in the way that... I guess the Citizen Kane kind of effect, right? Uh, wasn't right. wasn't big at the time, yeah. and it took a few years later, and then people were like, "Oh, that was really fucking influential." Yeah, so, yeah, that's
1: yeah. that's an interesting point because I was thinking about Blade Runner as, as I was watching this. There's, there's, although it's in, in a different world, there's certain similarities in um, uh, the way, particularly the script, I think, and the dialogue. It's very dialogue light. There's a lot yeah. of a lot of open space, a lot of room for the actors just to act and yeah. um a lot of show you don't tell you yeah which is really similar to similar to Blade Runner um yeah. and, and I did wonder how much the one influenced the other but that's 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 an interesting point that that Blade Runner was mm. not a kind of uh the uh, high watermark in Harrison Ford's career as you might have thought at the time I mean, because I think at that point you were still the only version of Blade Runner you were
0: seeing was the the one with the voiceover, the, like arguably the worst cut of the film. Mm. Um, it, uh, for those of you living in 2021 with us, um, you'll now realize there's at least three major releases of the film Blade Runner with different cuts. So there's the director's cut and the final cut, uh, which all features slightly different um scenes of of, of various bits and pieces probably most notably a a unicorn um which ties together some barely there threads Uh, i'm not a uh, i'll level with everybody i'm not the biggest fan of the film blade runner um i like to talk and think about blade runner more than i like to watch blade runner every time i watch blade (laughs) runner i'm like what the hell (laughs) why am i doing this again um but yeah then I'll talk about it with people afterwards. Like, oh yeah, that was that was really interesting. Yeah, watching it. What the hell? This is boring as fuck. But yeah, <laughs> it's brooding. It's is it is it brooding? Is that what it is? Okay, my bad. <laughs> anyway, we're talking about witness. Witness is uh, an interesting film. Um,
1: yeah, it was so, interesting people. Yes yeah, doing interesting things. Strong, strong, strong cast. Just it's just strongly made. Strongly made all around. The script is. Um, Uh, hits all of its all of its marks that you'd expect a hollywood hollywood script written in 1985 it's got uh, its inciting incident kicks in early um you're beautifully shot too it's it's the yeah all the 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 turning points are there it's the structure is structure is is flawless solid script um yeah that's it's well written the characters are characters are real um well i mean it it, it won an oscar for, for writing yeah, it won the Oscar, it won Oscar for, for its writing,
0: yeah, yeah, that, and editing, that, and it was nominated for another, nominated for another six awards that it,
1: it mm-hmm. didn't win. Yeah, no, that, that doesn't surprise me about the writing. It's it's a really well written, well put together movie. Yeah, So yeah, the, it is. the the story. Should we talk about the story? Yeah, go on. Um, so Harrison Ford, he's uh, uh, a cop. Uh, you don't meet him for a little while. Actually, I should start with um, Rachel. And her son, Samuel, so Rachel's, um, husband, Kelly McGillis, Rachel's husband has, has died. Yep. The start of the, the, start of the film is his funeral. You don't actually know that he's her husband. Um, but, uh, sh- she and her son, who's about, what's he like eight, ten, something like um, that. yeah, they're going, they're going on a, they're going on a trip into the city and, um, they're in the they're in a train station after the after the funeral they're going on a trip into the city and in the train station um in the bathroom uh samuel witnesses a murder Um,
0: that's right
1: and so they are they are entrusted to the care of uh, harrison ford's detective john Book, uh, John
0: book
1: against their will they are they are not keen on it they don't want any part in anything in this world they they really just wanted to get in i think they were visiting visiting some other family somewhere was the intention of the trip but they get he, he kind of he kind of hijacks them against their will um
0: yeah and he's he's not a um he's not he doesn't do it in a, in a good way but he he recognizes that if he lets them go he's got a he's got a living witness to the murder of this this um this guy and he recognizes that if he lets them go he'll never get them back he'll never be able to yeah. he'll never be able to close this case Yeah, they're impossible um, impossible
1: to trace yeah which It's which, important
0: to note that the uh the kid witnesses a um a, uh, I guess i'm not sure where this fits in with lethal weapon but it's a uh, danny glover from lethal weapon does the killing in this film um so yeah gotta love some danny glover it's
1: quite yeah he's, he's i don't know It's not convincing as a bad guy to me i guess that's an <laughs> that's hindsight right Is he cro- he's I'm got too wide a smile not, yeah <laughs> it's not convincing as a crooked cop um it's hard it's hard for me especially
0: because um danny glover um would go on to be uh that cop from um the lethal weapon series of films he is the the good cop to mel gibson's bad cop or crazy cop and it's hard to it's hard to watch it's hard to watch him in the role of a police officer even though it's another film um it's hard to watch him in the role of a police officer being a dirty cop because it's like that's not danny glover he's the clean cop he's the clean cop yeah anyway um yeah it's also interesting because harrison ford plays a lot of cops in his career as well so harrison ford is like the prototypical cop character as well so it's pretty hard to
1: i'm interested to talk a little bit about his character in this because i think he's he's, it's it's a really interesting piece of writing um the way they've the way they've what they've done with his character um uh but so to, to carry on with the story um uh the the first actor's um book trying to help samuel identify the perpetrator that he saw there's two there's, there are two men involved in the murder but he only got a good look at one which is danny glover's character he's able to tell him that he's a, a black guy and that he's big um but that's that's as much description as samuel can offer him so he he gets he gets a bunch of guy he 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 busts he drags a guy out of a bar throws him up against the car that the kid is in and says is it him which is <laughs> a, a fantastically written scene because it tells you everything you need to know about about book. He is not a he's not sensitive to the uh, to, to the the needs of the the witness of others. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's um, he, he, he does, and it's it's not that he's it's not that he does it in a nasty way. It just it doesn't even occur to him that that this might be traumatic. That there might be a better way to do this. He's like he's quite kind of straight thinking my job is to get this kid to see the guy who did it and point it point him out to me so i'm going to get the guy Mm. i think did it get him in the kids stuff him in the kid's face (laughs) and and then the kid will say yes and then my job will be done (laughs) that's how police work works isn't it great success that's all there is to it um (laughs) Um, so he, he, he tries him, he, he, busts, he he grabs the first guy that he thinks of out of a bar it's not him he he, they, he gets another six guys in in a lineup it's none of them He's going through He's going through his book of, of pictures it's none of them and then um, finally uh, Samuel takes he, he books he's, by he's phone looking call in the street Samuel takes a walk around the station and he sees the, the um, perpetrator Uh, a picture of him in a trophy cabinet um so obviously Uh, from a newspaper article you know you know a cop
0: wins award for working with local youth or something like that so so
1: obviously the 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 purpose of cop is danny glover and so which is the which is the first turning point that's about 30 minutes and it's a nice little scene too because it's really nice
0: they they drop all the diegetic sound and there's just the score and um it's kind of played in a yeah, it's kind of played it, it's played really slow and um, it's this dreamy sequence where Lucas Haas looking um, you know wide-eyed, you know b- barreling down the camera. Yeah. Uh, this wide-eyed useful innocence like it's it they've, they've thought about it and it's just nice, and then Harrison Ford recognizes that Lucas has seen something, um, and he comes over, and Luke, the kid is pointing into the cabinet with you know with a big accusatory finger, and uh, Harrison Ford comes and hides his finger because yeah. he doesn't want anyone to know that the kid has ID'd a cop in this killing. It's a, it um, is a
1: really nice scene, um, and it's just there's the earlier one as well where he's in the bathroom, he's in the stall, um, yes, and the, you get this this um, some really nice uh, close-up shots of Lucas Haas. Um, Yeah. and uh, you. Uh, to what degree it's the director, and to what degree the kid is just an amazing actor, but you really see, you really get that sense of the cogs turning over. Not only is this a yeah. kid, this would be tr- this would be quite um, mind blowing for any kid, much less a kid who has never seen so much as a yeah he's um, having a real he's having a real
0: introduction to um world outside yeah. of the amish community so he's, he's, never, even he's, he's never even he's never even heard
1: anybody cuss someone out <laughs> and he's just he's just seen someone have his throat slit in front of yeah, him yeah gone from barn raising one day to having yeah. someone's throat
0: slit the next yeah and it's a bit of a wake-up call
1: and it's it's really cool they do they they do the kind of as they're leaving uh danny glover takes the time to kick all the kick the store doors which yeah, is, they do, they to re- make sure repeat, there's nobody in there. Repeating true lies. I didn't realise that true lies lifted it from this. This probably lifted it from something else. But he's going through the stall doors and Lucas Haas is at the end and he kind of has the forethought to lock the door and then while Danny Glover is trying to jimmy that door open, he sneaks under the stall into the next one and that's how he gets away. So you you get a really nice um intro to this Build up of tension. intro to yeah. this kid. Um, and, and it's an excuse for a lot of really, a lot of really good close up shots. Um, it's, and he's got these yeah, huge, kid, huge doe eyes. Like, eyes. It's like yeah. looking straight into his brain. And then that scene, the, the next scene kind of 15, 20 minutes later when he's, he's realizing, oh, it's this guy. Oh, but he's a cop. And he's looking over at book books on the phone and he's looking back at the guy it's it's really nicely done um uh, i read on the on the wikipedia page of this uh roger ebert and uh, in his review compared this to a hitchcock and it's got a real it, it does have that real hitchcock tone there's um someone looks at something and then you get the shot of what they're looking at and then you get the shot of them and then they look away again and then you get the shot of what they're looking at now um there's that really nice um pacing that slow pacing and these long shots mm. long shots into people's eyes as you trace their gaze and then you see what they're looking at and you and the story is told that way rather than him running over and saying book book it's this guy and book saying yeah, oh right. shit he's a cop we he's are cop. in trouble um yeah and, and really the reaction says it
0: all i mean it's it's um the reactions say it all right because mm. at, at no point are you does anyone come over and tell you that hey that's a cop like you you're allowed as an audience member to piece that together on your own um and it does i mean it it does um speak to a style of filmmaking that you you don't see a lot of anymore um where where you're like hand fed the story so you can watch Mm. it while reading the paper i guess Mm. or, or surfing surfing the internet but it does require you to actually watch the film to get the visual cues uh, which is nice. Um, it's it's certainly um, certainly smart certainly smarter than it needed to be for this kind of film. I think if anybody else had made this movie in 1985, um, you'd have a, a a wildly different movie. Um, but yeah, the, the way it's scripted and um, the way uh, and the way it's shot ultimately by Peter Weir and crew, um, yeah, makes mm. for a pretty neat little film. Interestingly, though, you were talking about the editing. It did actually win the Oscar for Best mm. Editing
1: as well. Mm. So. Um, even the even the way it transitions to the next to the next act as well is' really well thought out so um, uh, book book tells like a senior member of the of the force he tells his
0: captain or something right
1: yeah um, and then he's like okay um, my job's done I just need to sit and wait now and then um, he's going down to his car and he is um, he gets into a shootout. Approached. He's he's ambushed yeah. by um, Danny Glover. McPhee is the character's name. McFee, uh, and yeah. he's shot. Um, he manages to he manages to he doesn't he doesn't um, kill McPhee, but he manages to kind of drive him off, uh, and then he winds up. But he but but Booker's shot, and so he has to you know while he's kind of bleeding out, he has to get in his car drive to his sister's house, change car, pick up um, Samuel and Rachel and get them home. And then intending to go somewhere else, he has to phone his partner and so tells him to burn the files, like trying to make sure that Samuel and um, Rachel are safe. Um, they've, they've, they've warmed up. There's one scene, uh, there's a scene where they eat hot dogs. It's, it's a, a really funny it's, it begins that sort of fish out of water story where because she's been quite cold to him at, at the start um she's quite fearful of yeah him she, doesn't and, do she doesn't want to have anything to do with uh, him as an outsider um but there's a there's a scene where they eat hot dogs it's and it's that that fish out of water setup begins he um he digs tuck straight into his hot dog and the two of them uh, pause to say grace but they kind of they share a little they share a little moment over this hot dog um, and she reveals to him all of the horrible things that his sister said about him, and, yeah. and kind of a, and kind of very plain, very plain language. It's really well
0: written. Anyway, um, Harrison Ford's sister, played by the indomitable uh, Patti Lupone, <laughs> uh, Broadway legend Patti Lapone. So um, gotta love her.
1: So from so he's he's kind of indebted to them and um wants to get them to safety he knows that they'll be safe once they're home because there's no way that they that this this crooked cabal of cops can track them down um so he gets them home but then as he as he goes to leave he's he, he falls unconscious crashes his car and um they have to take him inside and essentially he takes nurse, out an elaborate nurse, birdhouse nurse him back to health um yeah yep. he, he destroys their birdhouse and so they they um they nurse him back to that's health that's not a euphemism kind of, by the way he <laughs>
0: destroys a birdhouse It so just like fully drives over this birdhouse
1: yeah you get this there's this kind of controversy to him arriving and the, the elders have to have their say about it and um you get the you get that introduction into how the how the Amish world works um and from there on so the whole the a, whole second act is this kind of is that is that just that fish out of water setup playing out where um that there's the clash of cultures um but gradually they gradually they fall in love um very little happens in in regards to the the murder story beyond that he checks in with his partner once or twice and his partner says no it's too hot you got to stay where you are um so really it's we get a couple we get
0: a couple shots of uh, of the the crooked cops like hunting around for harrison ford and where they can find him so there's this In the background, you get this whole little thing where they're like, well, you know, we need to talk to these people. They'll be able to help us out, but they don't have records. And so we we get the idea that they're circling the drain on Mm. this. Um, But yeah. Yeah, because the
1: crooked cops know the name. But that's right. Like 60 percent of Amish people have the same name. (laughs) They're all called Rachel. They're all called Sam. Yeah, (laughs) there's quite a good scene where they're trying trying to coerce the local cop into helping them out and they're like well can you, can you can you can you the local cop says i don't know i don't have time to drive around everybody's name is lap um and they said, well can you make some calls like a dick and he says i could but there's no one to call because they don't have fucking phones <laughs> it's really it's a really nice scene but it really it's they, also
0: it's also worth noting at this point that um that there's some there's some early first appearances by some By some pretty famous actors Mm. um, in this film. So I've I've dropped the name already. Uh, Lucas Haas, who who goes on to have quite a reasonable career of his own right. Um, He plays the the young kid Samuel. Um, Kelly McGillis, uh, this is her second feature film. Uh, She plays Rachel. Uh, But buried in the background is Viggo Mortensen. Yeah. Uh, he's one of the Amish guys. Yeah, With, he clearly clearly took the money he got from this movie and got um, got his teeth straightened because he's he's got a mouthful of jaggedy teeth, uh, which he doesn't have in Lord of the Rings. I didn't spot um, him.
1: I wasn't looking for him. I yeah, he's him there. He's the one of credits. the Amish
0: guys. Peace. And oh. um, and then my favorite, my favorite is is Alexander uh, Gudunov. Um, I'm, I assume I'm saying that right. Um, but he will be better known as playing the blonde-haired uh, German assassin in die hard a couple of, a couple of years later oh crap um, is that
1: is that daniel yeah, that's him oh so that's yeah that's daniel
0: hawken later but but I, I have to say alexander um uh, gudunov um he's he's a russian ballerina and he um he defected from russia so it was a huge scandal uh, so he was a uh, he was like the premier dancer of the of the the moscow ballet theater mm. um and he was on tour with the moscow ballet in the united states when he uh, requested um uh, asylum in in the united <laughs> states at the height of at the height of the cold war um and uh his wife was also um a russian ballerina and uh there was a whole terse standoff where she was um at 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 the New York um, airport, JFK, or i uh, assuming it's JFK, uh, where the where the plane was was held on the tarmac um, to to return to Russia, uh, with her on the plane with her Russian handlers, the mm. KGB. the the cultural attaches that they had assigned to her, uh, where they tried to figure out whether she was returning to Russia on, of her own free will or whether she was being forced to Mm. return to Russia. Um, And it was decided that she was returning to Russia of her own free will. She didn't want any part in her, her husband's attempted asylum in the United States. And so she went back to Russia and then Alexander became like this, this um, movie star, a movie star, or he became a, I think he, he led i i don't know whether he went back into ballet in the states but yeah that's that's um alexander gudunov um would, would and then he would cement his his history in cinema by being the the bad guy in um die mm. so never let it be said that uh uh being a ballerina is not for real men because he makes a pretty effective villain in yeah. die Hard. yeah man yeah, there you go. Anyway, I just thought that was this was an appropriate time to talk about that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, yeah, so like I said, the yeah the second act it, it pretty much just rolls through. Um, uh, a Book getting used to life on uh, on the Amish. What do you call it in the Amish village? I guess it's not in like the, a, farm. Yeah, on the, the farm. Yeah, the farm. The Thank you. Yeah. On the Amish farm. Um, once he's once he's nursed back to health, um, he he gets you know he gets put to work he wants to help out and he gets invited to you know he has to learn to milk the cows big city cop is, it's that sort of set raise a barn yeah 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 he goes and he goes and raises a barn that's that's quite close to the end that's the big quite close to the yeah. end of the second act anyway they, they do a big barn raising where they um like a hundred dudes all turn up and build a barn in a day yeah um which is that goes on for seven minutes That it's a long sequence that sequence yeah almost no oh, i think
0: it's also kind of funny because they um harrison ford turns out to have like uh, his character john book has some has some carpentry skills yeah and so he's busy he's busy woodworking stuff harrison ford was a carpenter before he was a film yeah star. he
1: was too there's that there's that yeah. classic yeah. photo of him that does the rounds yeah, yeah. um he was
0: I, th- I think the story goes that he um he had turned up in hollywood he had moved his whole family to hollywood to To try and become an actor, and um, he was making ends meet as a carpenter. And I can't remember whose house he was at, but he was at some famous movie director's house, maybe Oliver Stone or someone like that. Um, but he was at someone's house, um, and he was doing carpentry, and they kind of noted this handsome carpenter hmm. who who must have just been ready with a six by nine headshot and an acting <laughs> resume. <laughs> and it was just like here you go and so he winds up and um he gets a job with george lucas um in um, american graffiti um in the in the early george lucas film Mm. american graffiti and he's a background he's a background actor in something else he's a waiter he turns up and and has one line of dialogue and walks off that's his
1: first isn't it american graffiti or did he make thx first uh
0: thx was first For George Lucas, um, and then he went on to do, um, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, American Graffiti, and then after that, he, yeah, American Graffiti comes next, Mm. and then he recycles a lot of ideas out of THX to make Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. So so if you've watched THX, there's a lot of the similar design aesthetic Mm. um, is used again in Star Wars, so,
1: yeah, yeah, Harrison Ford. Um, so book and Rachel's, their relationship grows. Um, they get closer and the, the tension around that starts to build. It's, it's very dances with wolves. The, that's right. They're, they're falling in love, but they uh, their love is forbidden. Um, Rachel starts to get, get quiet words in her ear. Um, that she's, you know, she, uh, people, people can see, people can see what's going on. People can see the looks. Um, and um eventually her grand her dad um straight up says you're going to be you're going to be shunned no one will be yeah. able to talk to you you I, I won't be able to take anything from your hands you i won't be able to pray with you um it's a it's a big threat it's a big deal there's a, there's a lot at stake and so that yeah the the second act is is about those stakes kind of raising um uh, and then as, as the tension builds, um, there's a, so there's a scene where they, he's, he's trying to fix his car, the car that he, he busted when he crashed it into the birdhouse. Um, and he manages to get the radio working and then a song plays, um, and they have a dance to the song and, they're, and they're laughing and the grandpa, grandpa comes in, he's heard the music and he's, he, he chews her out. Um, hussy hussy and um i think he actually calls her a hussy does dancing and love does he i don't i just don't remember I, I him like saying this music.
0: old school music yeah the music yeah that's music that's <laughs> music
1: um yeah. yeah and so there's a it, it it kind of it kind of culminates in a um a scene where she's she's bathing um and he's he yeah kind of he approaches her while she's bathing and again it's all it's all told in looks um, he creeps on her from the doorway. But he he kind of no. She turns. She turns away. Um, and so and and then the next the next day she meets him in a in a barn and he says if if we were to have made love last night then um, either I would have had to stay or you would have had to or go. you would have to leave. Um, yeah. Which is a, a really just in one line, it just it's so it's so well done. It's so nicely paced. It's not. Mm. Um, it's not verbose it's it's absolutely minimal in terms of the in terms of this the script writing and there's so much of it but but again it's it's
0: very much that show it don't tell it scenario where the whole film is deliberately paced um whereas some films might accidentally hit upon a slow pace that wasn't what they were Mm. going for this is this is intentional oh this is exactly absolutely this is exactly what the script and the director
1: wanted yeah Um, they wanted to show you this really well written script and that it allows allows the space to do that um yeah she she has this this uh, is exactly
0: the kind of thing you love mike because you know as as you as as you well know mike has a has a degree in in creative writing so the script allows for these things to happen and then you basically just throw directors and actors at it and if the script supports it then the product is usually pretty good um i mean sure you can have a bad film with a good script or you can have a a good film with a bad script but um ultimately ultimately if you if your script is good
1: you usually have a pretty good film well it relies it relies on the it, it allows the actors to act and what you said about harrison ford this is this i can see what you mean that this is the movie that he needed to cement himself as an actor because yeah, it allows think, him cause... to
0: act Allows them to act, and to allows them to be more than just Indiana Jones or Harris or Han Solo, which are effectively the same character. Um, And but this is the film that allows them to be so. uh, Rather, the only time uh, did you know, Mike, that I have been quoted in Rolling Stone magazine?
1: I did not know that.
0: (laughs) Yes, well, uh, dear loyal listeners, I have been quoted. In Ro- Rolling Stone magazine, it's it's true. Um, it's my one it's my one achievement in life. Um, and I was I was um, I was calling out Harrison Ford on his his limited acting choices um, because effectively Harrison Ford plays one of two different characters in all of his films. He plays lovable rogue or family man pushed to the edge. Mm. That's it. That's every film. Lovable rogue, family man pushed to the edge. Mm. Um, and in the odd occasion that he plays a villain or he plays uh, something else. like It's so, uh, What Lies Beneath. So I was quoted of saying, Harrison Ford is the acting range of Gumby. Uh, that's that's the quote in Rolling Stone magazine. So if Harrison Ford ever met me in person, he'd be like, oh, you're that guy. who said, I have the acting range of Gumby. <laughs> um, and then, and then pr- 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 uh, proceed to punch me in the face. But um, yeah, Harrison Ford needed this film. Um, justifiably. Yeah, Harrison Ford needed this film to, um, uh, to, to be as successful as it mm-hmm. was because it showed that he was... He was a good actor in a critically um, acclaimed film, and it garnished his one and only Oscar nomination mm. um, for Best Acting. So, and, yeah. And
1: now, and I would have said, I, I remember saying something similar about Lost in Translation and what Lost in Translation does for Bill Murray and Scarlett Johansson, because that it's is also thing. a movie very light on dialogue that allows the actors to act, and probably did the same, not so much for Bill Murray. He doesn't need shit, but so definitely for Scarlett Johansson. For Scarlett Johansson Because
0: it took her from being very, very pretty Hollywood ingenue and made her serious actor.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Um, But it also, I guess, I guess arguably the same for Bill Murray as well, because that got Bill Murray his one and only Oscar nomination as well, I think. Um, Had he done, what
1: was the Was it Broken Flowers? Was that before or after Lost in Translation?
0: Where the Buffalo Room? uh he uh no i'm not sure i, mm. I can't remember his filmography that well uh, bill murray uh was was just a silly actor right he's just a comedian who yeah. occasionally who occasionally lucked his way onto a big hollywood film and yeah. and made a blockbuster um but yeah bill murray in lost in translation shows that he has some acting chops and yeah. when he is when he is focused on 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 acting he is actually not a bad actor yeah so
1: yeah yeah anyway so the, the but yeah
0: Harrison Ford needed this film.
1: So the the, the tension rises, and as the uh, uh, another good piece of writing that uh, the, they bring out, they they roll out a good reason to release the tension, which is um, something that they've set up earlier. Rachel has talked to um, book about um, tourists coming Being a in, big problem. coming and observing the Amish and how how rude how rude they are, and sh- and so sure enough towards the end of the second act they are traveling in their traveling in their buggies and their horse and trap kind of buggies and they get interrupted by some uh oh no uh they they travel into the town because he needs to make a phone call to try his partner again um his partner (laughs) that's right he finds out that his partner has been has been killed an oh there's a woman allowed a woman tries to <laughs> take his photo and he he, he he says after having specifically
0: been told by the tour guide they don't like having their photos taken but if you sneak one they won't mind um and but she um she aggressively approaches harrison ford and tells tells harrison ford that she wants to take her photo and harrison ford um you know growl speaks to her and says lady if you don't get out of my way i'll strangle you with your brassiere <laughs>
1: Which that line really comes out of nowhere. He's been completely polite. He's been on an Amish farm for the last sixty minutes of film, and, he yeah. comes out and about to strangle a woman with her own underwear.
0: With her underwear, I'm gonna strangle you with your underwear. Uh, and 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 at that moment, I'm sure there were plenty of people in the audience uh, watching this film going, "Harrison Ford can strangle me with my underwear. I'm I'm down with that." But you know, that's not what his intent. Yeah. Was. It
1: was. So he, he definitely he, threatened. He, 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 discovers he, he manages to get through to someone on the phone who tells him that his, his former partner who is the one he's been relying on to um keep him informed about when it's going to be safe to come back his former partner has been killed um, and then as they're on their way as they're on their way back to the farm they are um accosted on the road by some 80s punks by some punk kids N- not like not like punks like spiky hair punks like dicks some 80s, yeah, dicks, 80s punk 80s kids, junk yeah. dicks and yep. they're, they're up in the they're up in the grill of the of these amish guys and the amish of course don't do anything about it because they're amish the they uh famously um, pacifist famously pacifist uh, and these guys these the jock dicks know that so they're just having it on with the amish and then harrison ford absolutely <laughs> wastes one of them and it's it <laughs> fantastic yeah <laughs> um it's very very satisfying um so he wastes he wastes one of the punks and obviously okay this is that's the that's the sign oh okay we're we're out of act this that's kind of the turning point um into act into act three like it's all it's all broken this facade is broken this um uh fish out of water kind of cross-cultural exploration has reached its has reached its conclusion um yeah and then the third act so um He's he's back he's back at the farm and he's kind of he's he's raising the um, birdhouse and it's kind of the symbol Rachel can see it's kind of the symbol that he's getting ready to leave and then this kind of so there's one this is one of the interesting things we'll come back to this but she runs out and she meets him at the field and they run to each other and they kiss and it's the kind of expression of their love she she, she knows, leaves her she bonnet he's, behind he's leaving tomorrow yeah she takes she removes her bonnet uh, and she puts it on the puts it on the table uh, and she runs out and um and they and they kiss in the field um and then the next shot you see they they're kissing quite you know, it's it's a, it's a good old it's, passionate. it's a good old pash. and then yep. and then and then that scene ends and then the next shot is this really menacing it's a really fantastic shot i love it this car really slowly rolls over the hill and then it stops and then it turns its lights off and then it slowly rolls back again it's there's a really yeah. again really slow no dialogue but the slow menacing okay the, the the city has come to the farm yeah um and it means business so the crooked cop the crooked yeah,
0: cabal of cops has turned up yeah.
1: um so they they come out of the car with their guns and then the third act is essentially the the shootout um as he he's without his gun there's there's a, there's a been a thing earlier about him having a gun um, and that being just like the ultimate anti-Amish thing to have a gun. Yeah. And that so the, the,
0: Amish don't, don't take it off him per se, but he hands it over to them to say, Hey, you store this somewhere safe. Mm. Um, I'm living with you. A, I'll abide by your rules. Yeah. Um, there's a scene earlier where, where Samuel finds the gun in a drawer and is, is having to play around with the gun and Harrison Ford is like, no, stop playing with the gun and then unloads it and says, now it's safe. Now you can handle it. <laughs> this, Go wild. <laughs> You go wild, have out of kit, um, but uh, yeah. So they they end up storing the gun in the sugar, I think. So
1: they yeah. um, they hide the gun in a in a jar of sugar. So he's so he's got, got a kind of a, a, the third act becomes this. Um, yeah, it's it's quite a it's it's a quite an action sequence, ten, a tense action sequence as he tries to outwit these three cops, these yeah. three crooked cops who have shotguns um yeah which he does he does he, he drowns one of them in corn um yes and he, it, does. He, he tricks him into going into the granary and then he and he unloads a unloads a bucket of corn oh yeah More, a couple of like tons of corn a couple of a, tons of, a, of corn yeah. like a big old bucket um <laughs> and, uh, and he grabs his gun uh digs digs around under the corn manages to manages to extract this guy's gun and um shoots danny glover uh, and yep. then there's kind of a showdown, and the um, uh, the final cop kind of gets the upper hand on him. But Samuel has gone and rung the bell, the church bell, and like half
0: so all the armor, all the
1: armor should like oh something's up. I need to get over to the old lap household, and so they all come running. <laughs> and so by the time uh, you know this, this last crooked cop is thinking that he's going to be able to going to be able to just execute um, book. But by the time he does that, there's about a hundred. Well,
0: book Rachel and, about and a, Samuel. Yeah,
1: there's about a hundred Amish people all, all up in his grill. Um, yeah, watching. So he's like, oh, okay, I guess the gig's up, and he, he, um, he collapses to his knees. And then the next, yes, and then the, the final, final thing you see is um, uh, book booking it, leaving. Literally. Um, and then he's and then he's out ski. So he's, he's saying his farewells. Uh, and that's the end. So, um, so Rachel stays. She stays in the village. Yeah. she stays in the farm.
0: So, I guess the question is: Does Rachel and Book get together? Do do they like sleep in a
1: in a physical sense? Yeah. Do they, does the, he the way, does the way he plow shot. the field?
0: Does he plow the field? Yeah. Yeah. Does she does she divide and conquer? It's hard <laughs> to tell.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's left that's left for the audience to infer. Um uh where that's that's not that's not spelled out. She does have a because suitor. I didn't mention her suitor, but she does have a yeah. uh she has a suitor that's called Alexander. Daniel. who is was the was yeah. the um your your ballet dancer. Um so he's a he is um he he is very thirsty for yeah, Rachel. He's thirsty. He turns up. He's
0: thirsty for Rachel he turns up um because we established early it turns that up at Rachel's the funeral husband, yeah at the funeral he's 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 sniffing around making yeah. uh, making noise There's very
1: much a, yeah. a man woman divide at the funeral but he is he is straight in there yeah straight he's in was wasting no time with the women yeah. and, and wasting yeah, time he, and making his intentions clear
0: yeah he wants to raise a barn on rachel yeah so yeah that's 100 percent
1: clear yeah. um so he's so he and book obviously have a tension um, between them. Um, so she's, and so she she does have a, she, she does have a, this kind of, uh, twilight sort of choice between the, um, between the man she should, she should be
0: with, yeah. which is the Alexander character yeah. or the man she wants to be with, which is the Harrison Ford
1: character. Yeah. And so it's, yeah. it's, it's, imp- it's implied that she, she sticks around and that she will, she will, well, she it's has to, right? Because
0: right? I mean, I mean, in, in our, we'll we'll get to it a bit early. I mean, uh, I haven't been keeping too close an eye on the time, uh, but we've been talking about it for forty three minutes, uh, forty four minutes. Um, what happens tomorrow? So we'll, we'll do something a little different. Uh, in um, in 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 the world where Rachel chooses to run home or go go home with with John Book and relocate her life to Philadelphia, she is wildly unhappy, and that relationship does not last um she's got a kid yeah she's got a kid and and samuel's not adjusting well to school he's getting into fights um he's getting beat up a lot and he's wildly unhappy because he's big doe-eyed and he's just not equipped to deal with life in the big city um and uh yeah and that relationship immediately breaks down and goes horribly for everyone involved and rachel can't go back to the amish community and becomes a drug mother um, and, and Lucas runs in a gang that's how that movie ends it's, it's 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 not a good movie yeah yeah it's a, it's a good it's a good decision Witness part I, two, I, I like, the years. and I,
1: I like the decision not to have them together I think that's yeah I think, I think that's, that's the right a sensible situation. decision I think you, you, if they were if they did get together um there's there's no way of there's no way of making it work there's there's nothing in the setup that it's not a it's, uh, it's not a, a love will conquer all kind of love that they
0: have. No, it really isn't. They, they which is even, kind of interesting because it, at this point in Hollywood, like that's the normal story you get, yeah. which is the love will conquer all. Uh, it'll, it'll, it'll figure out our differences. Don't worry about it. Just so long as you love them hard enough, even though she's literally an Amish widow and you're a, a big city cop who's got clear relationship issues. Yeah, don't worry about yeah. it. It'll figure itself they, out. They don't, they don't no. even
1: particularly have anything in common other than both being really hot. Yeah, they're both very attractive. This, this, <laughs> the, yeah, and it's not just that, yeah, like he's a city cop and she's Amish. I mean, he's like he's honest, and his sister makes that point when the cops come to shake her down. She's they they come they come with a story that book is in trouble, uh, is crooked, and she's like, no, whatever else you have to say about about my brother, he is he's clean as a whistle. So he's honest. Yeah. So it's not that he's like. It's not that he's it's not that he's a, a, a crook or a scoundrel or a lovable rogue um, he's, he's a bit of a lovable rogue come on he's Harrison Ford what's what's, ro- what's roguish about book and so okay th- so this is what I wanted to get into so character of book like I i think it's I think that he's his character is is really interesting and is kind of central to this because it's not you can't really put your finger on what type of cop he is like he's not clean-cut but I think he's that he's he's not a kind of antithesis right he's not the clean cut kind of law-abiding everything by the yeah everything by the book book but he's not a kind of literally he's not a kind of three-day beard dirty shirt kind of rough as guts but gets the job done uh, roguish kind of cop either Um, he's I don't how would how would you describe Buck's character?
0: I think um he's kind of the antithesis to um like uh the Dirty Harry cop, right? So um in the in the seventies he had Dirty Harry, like that was probably the, the most um that was probably the best example of like what the seventies were to police. Like you needed this you needed this larger than life um cop who would be willing to break the law to bring bad hmm. bad guys to justice. And then in, in the '80s, you had the action hero cop, right? So you had all these action hero cops mm. who would do daring deeds. That uh, they would take down drug dealers by the by the score, or you had like Death Wish style characters, you know, Charles Bronson style characters, um, superhuman cops. And then you have you have this cop, John um, Harrison Ford's John Burke, who was probably a realistic attempt of showing what a real police officer or a cop was like in the mid '80s um where he is honest and caring but he is willing to punch a guy in the face um to get what he wants done like and you see that early in where he drags the guy out of the the bar and shows the kid and like is this the guy who did it um yeah i think i think we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast um maybe before we started rolling but we're talking about him being a goody two shoes but not afraid to dirty his knuckles Hmm. um so um yeah i think I think he's a rogue like you love him like that very the the very fact that he beats up the punk and you love him for doing that like that's a lovable rogue right there he's willing to get dirty
1: that's not even that's i feel like that's not necessarily his character though that happens quite close to the end of the movie and that's a release of tension i don't i didn't get the feeling that he's the kind of guy who just punches people left and right no, like but he,
0: he does get told off by the other Amish for t- for not turning the other cheek. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, why didn't you do something? You know, th- these guys will walk all over you. And, um, and they're like, that's not how we do things. And he's like, so it's this ultimate fish out of water moment where yeah. he can't believe that they're, they're just going to let them be punks and be awful to them and, and not fight back. And he just doesn't understand that pacifism.
1: But. You do get the appraisal from his sister via rachel because rachel and samuel have to spend a night w- with, with the sister book's sister because if he takes him to Cutting a hotel <laughs> um yep. they will they will run
0: they'll book they'll book
1: <laughs> and so that's that's where that, that hot dog scene comes where the, where rachel kind of reveals all of the things that his sister said about him and she says um she thinks he should get married and settle down and have kids. Oh yeah. What else does she I, say? I thought that done? was a nice little bit of
0: writing. Like he had, I mean, I think that's reminiscent of, of just how women are written by uh, men in the '80s, uh, and and most of most of the rest of time for that matter. Like you put two women in a room together, and all they're going to talk about is shopping and men. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you put Rachel and his sister in a room together, and, and they spend the entire evening talking about him. I guess that's the only two things they have in common. What is Patty LaPone and? rachel from the amish land have in common besides john book at this point yeah yeah that no, was pretty funny like then she comes back and
1: like your sister thinks you're a dick yeah but that's <laughs> here's all here's that's kind of the way she appraises it right like he doesn't is it that he he's kind of a commitment foe like or just yeah. doesn't have the not i can't remember the wording the but yeah, yeah i, don't, I don't remember the doesn't wording have the either
0: discipline or the, yeah but it's it's funny I, I thought it was a funny scene yeah
1: but it's like yeah. even then, it doesn't give you that much as to as to what type of man book is. Okay, okay, he's in a he's in a situation. Maybe he's maybe he's a bit too obsessed with his job. Yeah, um, and that's
0: what I got from it. It's like he's he's a cop first and foremost, and everything else is a distant second. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Maybe so he's. Um, yeah, but that, but that's that makes him almost a kind of almost an everyman that they don't make him a particular. He doesn't fit a particular type of cop. To me, which is which is which is, which makes him makes him appealing. Makes it quite quite. Um, it's, it's quite it's quite an oh, gosh book jokes, book puns. It makes him quite an open book. But then at the same time, it doesn't give you like. Officially, that's there's how no, that name came about just, too.
0: He's like, "Well, he's bit of an open book. Yeah. He's by the book. What should we call <laughs> him? I don't know. Let's throw the book at it and see what sticks." But then it, does, oh, it doesn't
1: necessarily give you anything for for book and for their romance to actually hang on, other than just other than just mutual attraction.
0: They're both very hot. Yeah, yeah.
1: They, um, they, I was. You don't. It's, was, you don't get it. You don't get a kind of a a, a, a sense that their values are. Aligned, or aligned, or that there's no moment they share a
0: love of the New York Knicks.
1: Yeah, or, or th- there's no moment where he he's um, yeah. I had a grandmother who was religious, or I had a you know like where he reaches out to her in a way that has yeah, like and they a, find a common ground. Yeah, and they find other, a common other ground. Other
0: than other than she can't dance and he can't dance, yeah. and they're both listening to old music and they like it, um and. Which in which in, in and of itself is kind of interesting because it's like he's I guess he's, they're trying to show that he's old fashioned because he's driving this old car that he borrowed from his sister and they're listening to an oldie station where he says that he really likes this kind of music yeah and it's like old it's 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 like late sixties early seventies music. And, uh, I guess that's trying to show that he's old fashioned. So their values aren't too far removed, but I I guess at the same time, you never see like, um, his shirt open and there's, there's a, a cross on his chest or anything like that. Or you never see that, um, You never get a look at his apartment where it's like where it's got like old 30s and 40s movie posters on the wall or anything like that something that shows that he's a man out of time Mm. um, and that perhaps he and rachel have something in common they both yearn for a simpler time Uh, you don't yeah ultimately outside of the the trauma or the um the situation there's nothing to there's nothing for the like you said earlier there's nothing for them to hang a relationship on uh, i don't i don't know about your experiences in relationships but mine have usually been that you need at least i don't believe in that 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 adage that opposites attract um they might attract momentarily because it's wild and different but ultimately to have a relationship with someone long term you need something to hang that relationship hmm. on you need some common ground you need to at least be aligned in terms of like your political affiliations or your humor or you must be able to at least appreciate the same things in art and and music um Mm. or at least have aligned values uh which which at no point in the development of the relationship of rachel and john book do you have anything that comes along and and uh says that these two people are compatible in any meaningful way other than the fact it's very it's 80s Harrison Ford very hot Harrison Ford and uh, Kelly McGillis uh, very very pretty Kelly McGillis they're just attractive people
1: so I wonder why I wonder why they have that passion in the field scene did they just feel like they needed to like they needed to fire that gun and then have them walk away because I I think that's that's where I get the feel I feel like if there's anything where this movie doesn't hold together it's that they have they have acknowledged acknowledged their, their love, attraction. their attraction.
0: Um, I don't think you can call it love.
1: And maybe it, that, or, uh, and maybe that's maybe that's the point. They've they've given into they've yielded to their passion, and uh, yeah. uh, to to whatever degree that goes beyond just the curse. They have and, y- and, they have and, yielded and to the passion. Having yielded to it, they they have recognised each of them that that's all it is. They are not in love. It. They are yeah. not. Meant- well, I
0: mean, she's her husband is still literally warm in the ground.
1: Yeah. Um, the
0: dent where he lay in the bed and, and whatever passes for a mattress in that place is still there. Yeah. Um, and, um, and Harrison Ford's big city cop. So again, like what do they have in common and, and where do they go from here? Yeah. Nowhere. Uh, I think it's a bit, it's, it's, it's a bit rough because like you say, there's that, there's that, that fired gun or unfired yeah. gun, uh, no euphemism intended, but, um, but then the, need, there's no I feel like you if you take that out, like you like they've already had that clash. I, I you've got to tie it back though, I guess, because yeah. if you if you take it out then the tension is all gone. Yeah. I guess the tension still needs to be there. But then he leaves.
1: I just, he just leaves. yeah, I just maybe there's Just wonder maybe if there's, there's another a version scene. of the script
0: where she leaves with him or he stays. Um, or is, and, is
1: there another scene missing there where they they acknowledge it if if if, like if it was a post-coital or like uh you know what i mean like just just a scene (laughs) this is a
0: cigarette baby just a
1: a scene (laughs) after the pash so that it doesn't go from pash to to climax (laughs) no pun intended (laughs) like climax of the movie and then and, and then to him just to him just leaving like they they never
0: I, 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 it's it's clearly ambiguous enough as to what happens because there's a clear gap in time. Um, yeah. and it's it's just unfortunate because, like now now you're in these situations, did they, didn't they? Um, I don't think they did. And maybe I think they' had their passion in the field, and then,
1: maybe it's deliberate maybe that's well I'm sure it's deliberate it's all, it's all it's, well it's a professionally enough put together film that everything is deliberate but I, I, I just, my very I limited like experience
0: that's... with film and television is that everything is deliberate whether yeah. it, whether it makes sense outside of the filmmaking process is, is who knows yeah. uh, but at at the time there would have been people in the room um, arguing much more passionately, passionately than we could ever imagine about what every look and every um, every castaway line says, mm. um, "These are all very clever people mm. making making clever films uh, disguised as a nineteen eighties kettle pot." What you've called it this before? Um, uh, a thriller, a, a kettle pot thriller? Or I'm sure you've used this phrase, and you're looking at me like a dog being shown a magic trick at the moment. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I don't remember any of this, Craig. But yeah, uh, it's it's a. I I this is the kind of film I actually I really kind of like. It's oh yeah. It's um thrillers like this were being made all the time in the eighties. Uh, this was really a, a a a point in time for filmmaking. Nowadays it's all Marvel superhero mm. films. So it's the only cinema that's being made. Uh, but in the eighties, like this was the the facto standard yeah. until like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone films took over. But they made a lot of these sort of films and it's a it's a thriller made in the same mold as all the other thrillers um at the same time these clever films with like moving parts and dirty cops and and all the rest Mm. of it Uh, but it's it's done a little bit differently and it's a it's a trope that keeps coming up again and again there's there's a joke in hollywood now about uh, about uh you know it's this kind of movie but there's but they're amish or um funnily enough i think you said earlier that the amish Turned out not to like this film because uh, yeah. even though the Amish get a pretty good look at the uh, look at the paintbrush with this, and they come off quite well as like rounded people with <laughs> with 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 uh, with understandable motives and motivations, they um, the film actually highlight um, elevated their um, the public awareness of the Amish and increased the amount of attention they got from the public. Yeah, um, yeah. So it had the rather than show them to be this this noble people. Um, uh, it, it in fact then just made them more of a tourist attraction than they they already were <laughs> yeah and another thing we were talking about before this film started was in another time this movie would have been made, but it wouldn't have been um it wouldn't have been the Amish it would have been Harrison Ford going to live on a, on a, um, a Native American um, tri- on tribal land yeah. in a in a uh, what, do you, what do you what do they call them like a
1: reserve reservation reservation dances dances with witnesses
0: darkness dances with witnesses yeah exactly so
1: yeah <laughs> yeah um so so what do you say we should wrap this up um I'm I'm calling this greatness I think this is a fantastic movie I just watched it today for the first time I'd watch it again tomorrow it's a joy to watch
0: funnily enough uh, the reason Mike sounds like he's watched this film far more recently than I is because we we talked about doing this film uh, when we recorded the Crow, and then I immediately went and watched this film the next day because I, I think I had some annual leave, and I was like, "I'm gonna watch Witness, yo!" And then I watched it, and that was like five weeks ago. So now <laughs> I'm like, "That scene happened? When did that happen?" But yeah, they kissed. I don't remember that. I had to go and look it up <laughs> quickly. YouTube that. Oh yeah, they did kiss. Oh yeah. Huh. <laughs> what's your? Yeah, what's your, I, I think this movie cool? is. I think this movie is greatness. Um, I think it's a. It's a smart movie. Um, made smartly by smart people with characters who do smart things um, that subvert expectations but not in a way that you're made to like. go, oh, now they're going to subvert our expectations Mm. or or defy my expectations. They they just do it. And um, I don't think you get many movies like this. You didn't get many movies like this then and you certainly don't get many movies like this now. Mm. So, yeah, it's a shame. More movies like this, I think. Um, And not that I don't like a good action action film as well but um just a shame we don't have more smart films
1: yeah. yeah all right we should wrap up um hit us up on social media if you've got an idea for a movie that you think is verging on greatness you want to understand reasons why it didn't quite feel like it was there um mm. swing us a swing a title our way and maybe we'll do it for our next yeah. one
0: maybe we'll do it for our next one yeah or if you're Amish, raise a barn and then you can, yeah. post on the side of the barn like, Craig and Mike, can you do this film? Um, that would be really nice. I don't know why you'd be listening to us if you were Amish. But, I mean, if you are, that's great.
1: Yeah, power, power to you. Yeah.
0: Power to you, man. Yeah, good on you. All right. All right. Cheers, Craig. I'll talk to you later, Mike.
1: Bye, everyone. Bye.